0: Welcome back to Steph's Business Bookshelf In this week's edition about the book Four Disciplines of Execution by Chris McChesney, Sean Covey, Jim Huling, Beverly Walker and Scott Thiel. Keep listening to find out why this book should have been called Getting Wiggy With It. <laughs> Welcome back to Steph's Business Bookshelf. I'm your host Steph Clark and each week I share with you the three big ideas from the best non-fiction books that I've been reading. Do the reading so you don't have to. Now I'm going to call it really, really early. I think this, along with Brene Brown's Dare to Lead, is the book or the one of two books that all leaders and managers should read. I reckon as soon as everyone gets promoted, some kind of leadership or management position, they should be given this book and Dare to Lead. And these will be the two books that will lead them into doing good things as managers and leaders. There we go, I've said it. I've said it it's out there in the wild for people to set, for people to know and think and see. Now of course there's many other brilliant books out there. I've read many of them. I've told you about many of them. But in terms of capturing the essence of what great leadership and management is, the Brené Brown Dare to Lead work around knowing who you are as a leader and really being super aware of the impact you have on others and and how to and how to show up as a leader along with something like this around getting things done is I think just that beautiful combination delicious and things that just aren't done well which is often what I see so this book will get you on your soapbox possibly it's certainly got me on my soapbox and I highlighted so much of it in the actual book on my kindle as I was scanning through my notes to do the notes for this episode I was like ah, oh, there's yeah so much good stuff in here now the one thing I would say that was interesting and I will tell you a little bit more about the book you're like what is this book tell me more I'll get to that in a moment one thing I would say is that I didn't actually finish the book so the first part of it is an absolute must read so you only actually really need to read the first section which is probably about a third of the book and then the second parts are more around the application. Look, there's some interesting stuff in there. I had a flick through. There's some bits I did read. But really the first, if you read the first section and applied all of that, you'd be off to a good start. And then if you needed some further detail on some other examples or different contexts and stuff like that, the second and third sections will help you with that. So let me tell you about the book. And then I'll tell you about the three bit is, And then I'll tell you a little bit more stuff about my experience reading the book as well. So a little bit about the book fully revised and updated the definitive guide for leaders on how to create lasting organizational change there is a quick note I will just add here so I read the 2021 version of this book which is the newly updated one there is the original one which I think was 2012 2011 2012 around then Uh, I would yeah definitely recommend getting the updated one if you do anyway back to back to the about the book Do you remember the last major initiative you watched die in your organisation? Did it go down with a loud crash or was it slowly and quietly suffocated by other competing priorities? By the time it finally disappeared it's quite likely no one even noticed. Almost every company struggles with making change happen. The Four Disciplines of Execution is meant to help you reach the goals you've always dreamed of with a simple repeatable and proven formula. In this updated edition of the Business Bestseller you'll learn the four disciplines of execution how to make them work for your organisation. This proven set of practices has been tested and refined by hundreds of organizations and thousands of teams over many years. When a company or an individual adheres to these principles, they achieve superb results, regardless of the goal. These four disciplines of execution represent a new way to work, to think, that is essential to creating lasting organizational change and thriving in today's competitive climate. It's the one book that no leader can afford to miss. And for once, I think that hyperbolic statement at the end is possibly true, unlike a lot of other books that exist out there. And that was taken from the Amazon book blurb. A link to that is in the show notes. I've also put a link in the show notes to the actual four disciplines of execution site on the Franklin Covey website, which is a better place to start for all the references and videos and supplementary guidance and resources and stuff. The two authors that get the most credit on the book, so I'm going to tell you a little bit about them because they're the ones who are referenced on the Amazon page, which is Sean Covey and Chris McChesney. Sean Covey is the president of Franklin Covey Education and the original architect of the four disciplines methodology. A Harvard MBA and former Brigham Young University quarterback, Sean is also a New York Times best-selling author and has written numerous books, including The Leader in Me and The Seven Habits of Highly Effective Teens. Chris Machexny is the global practice leader of execution for Franklin Covey and has led the ongoing development of the four disciplines for more than 15 years, impacting thousands of organisations. Known for his high energy and engaging message, Chris has become one of the most requested speakers of the Franklin Covey organisation, regularly delivering keynote speeches and executive presentations to leaders in audiences ranging from hundreds to several thousands. And again, taken from the Amazon blur, but again, I'll put a link that's probably more useful to you, which is the Franklin Covey website about four disciplines of execution. All right, let's get into the three big ideas from the book, The Four Disciplines of Execution. Big idea number one, there's no accountability. Now, if I had a dollar for every time I worked with a team that talked about a lack of accountability, I wouldn't be doing this podcast. In the book, they talk about the fact that in the three hundred thousand leaders that they have surveyed through the work that they've done, they found that eighty-one percent. I'm just going to let you let that sink in. Eighty-one percent of people surveyed said they're not held accountable for the progress or for progress towards organisational goals. That is depressing. This is the crux of so much organizational frustration and apathy that exists at the moment. We're talking about a cultural and a conversational change that needs to happen. And there's a quote in the book by Jim Stewart that says, to achieve a goal never achieved before, we need to do something never done before, which is very obvious, but it is incredibly true. Therefore, we need to put discipline around the execution of the plans that we make. This is the thing that fails most most of the time. And in the work I do with teams, we have great conversations about what should happen, what might get in the way. We do pre-mortems and post-mortems and all of those things. And still often when teams go back to what is happening in the office, they can't go away from the offsite. They're really pumped. They've made good plans. We've had good conversations. We've talked about all all the right things and it fizzles. And even in the checkups I do with them few weeks later a month later oh yeah we haven't really got started on that oh yeah we started but we didn't really and a lot of it comes down to exactly this this lack of discipline around execution people are trying to survive in the whirlwind of the bau not purposely trying to bring everything down but it just happens and there's this great quote in the book i'm going to read it's a bit long but i think it it sums it up really nicely we've almost always seen two team dynamics at play every team that that feels that they are working at maximum capacity and every leader feels the team has capacity that is untapped But both things are true. The leader feels that the true capabilities of the team are not reflected in the team's results, but without the insight into what the team should do differently, the leader has to attribute the deficit to insufficient effort. In contrast, the team sees that their current efforts are not producing adequate results, so they resist the push to do simply more of of what's already not working. So within this terrible binary bind (laughs) in terms of leaders think that the team isn't trying hard enough, And the teams think they are trying hard enough, but not getting great results. So why would they want to do more of what's not working? Ugh, what a mess. So this this book is all around getting back to this idea of accountability, but really around discipline, really around focusing on what matters and moving that thing forward rather than just trying to do everything and boil the ocean. So that's big idea number one. There is no accountability. Big idea number two is the four disciplines of execution. So... As you may be unsurprised to hear, there are four disciplines to this method. Discipline number one is focus on the wildly important. To do this and come up with your wildly important goal or your wig, you need to understand what actually matters. The idea here is focus and aiming for specificity. Glad I got that in one take, which is about moving X to Y by when. So your goal, your wildly important goal, your wig should be to change X into Y by a date. So for example, something like grow revenue, not a wildly important goal, but segmenting that, breaking that down, putting a time around it. Yes, that can be a wildly important goal. Your wildly important goal is your one thing for breakthrough results. It's going to be the thing that if you had a vicious cycle or a cycle going round and round and round doing the same thing, this would be the circuit breaker. This is the breakthrough. This is the thing that is going to change that trajectory and make a difference. So that's discipline number one focus on the wildly important discipline number two is act on lead measures this i think is one of the biggest changes that people need to focus on so if you think about lead measures as the opposite of lag measures lag measures tell you if you have met your lead measures basically lag measures are delayed they are after the after the fact so a good lag measure is revenue a lead measure on the other hand is predictive and influenceable so it is predictive of getting the lag measure that you're after revenue for example but you can control it you can't blame it on anything else because it is the thing you can do in order to get to it is the the outcome is almost a given if you do those lead measures so therefore you need to measure the most important actions to reach the goal and you can give the team options. There was a really good example of a footwear retailer or shoe shop, <laughs> I believe they're known, who came up with about 10 different lead measures in order to improve a certain type of revenue. And what they, what they did was they said, right, here's your 10, pick two in each of your stores and do those. And some stores chose you know, numbers one and three, some chose number seven and eight, you know, whatever it was. And then they found which ones were most effective. And one of the things they found was that for, for kids shoes, which was really the focus, that the lead measure was doing a fitting. If you did a proper fitting, the, you, the likelihood of someone buying those kids shoes was much, much higher. So they found that that was the really important lead measure. So you can control that and it is predictive. Principle number three or discipline number three is keep a compelling scoreboard. People want something to get behind and get excited about. They also need to know if they are making momentum and making a difference towards the overall goal. The scoreboard is of your lead measures and then that will spit out your lag measures as well. People play differently when they're keeping score. This is not about leaders keeping score and measuring people and things like that, but it is about people being able to maintain a sense of control and excitement about what they are doing themselves. So that's principle number three, keep a compelling scoreboard. And then finally, discipline number four is create a cadence of accountability. This is not about blame, but this is where the magic happens. Teams must be able to hold each other accountable rhythmically and systematically each week, which is thinking about how you are using your meetings, your whips, your check-ins, whatever it is that you're doing to create a cadence where you're having a conversation about what have we done to move the dial, to meet those lead measures, to get towards the wildly important goal this week and what we will do this week coming. People must feel like it's a winnable game. This is really important in order for people to buy in and feel that they have some control and that their work matters. So that's discipline number four, create a cadence of accountability. One of the important things that they talk about in the book is the idea that in order for this to work, you have to do all of them. You can't be like, oh yeah, I like number one and three. Eh, Do a bit of number two and I won't do number four. It just won't work. And in the examples they share in the book of where this has failed that is exactly what has happened is that people have not fully committed or they've done too much they've tried to make everything a wildly important goal or they've cherry-picked elements of the different disciplines but haven't actually applied the whole system and that is big idea number two the four disciplines of execution. Big idea number three is the whirlwind. So you might already be listening to this and thinking oh yeah but that's all very well and good but I've got like all this other work I'm doing at the moment. And that is one of the I think the beauties of this book is they completely accept that and they absolutely build that into this method. This is called the whirlwind, and the whirlwind makes up about eighty percent of your time. Twenty percent of your time therefore needs to be spent on your wildly important goal or your wig. That time is separated out; it is put in, and then the other work, the busyness, the whirlwind, the BAU happens around it, and then. Often the wildly important goal will actually come from the whirlwind but it is something that is needs extra attention and discipline around in order to make a difference. Once it's also been achieved the wig then becomes part of the BAU again because it's just then how you work or it's achieved and it's done and it doesn't need anything else doing to it so it just disappears essentially. Because of the focus no team member should focus on more than one wildly important goal or or more than one wig at a time. By doing this, you try and do too much and therefore that's why things fall over. They just, they just never happen because people just, nothing has the right focus. So it's easy and, and because of that, it's easy to make everything a wig. You need to avoid this. This is one of the common mistakes. So the approach is a pull, not a push. Leaders don't come up with all the answers. They come up with targets, not plans. And there was a couple of different examples in the book about hotel guest experiences where they wanted to get their guests score on the time it took for their car valet to be ready for them or the time it took for them to check in or their check-in experience from a, I don't know, a six to an eight. I don't, can't remember the exact numbers. But they gave the, they gave that to the staff and said, this is what we need to achieve. And they came up with the plan. They came up with the measurable thing. They came up with the lead measure that because they knew best what was going to work and what was going to be make the difference and what they could also control and, and predict, etc. Ultimately, we're chasing a breakthrough result. But all of this takes sustained discipline. When the cadence dies, so do the results. And this is where we see and this is where the team have seen again where this hasn't worked in, in organisations. It's, it's because the cadence dies people will go oh just reschedule that that check-in meeting oh I just won't turn up oh I've got this other thing that's when as soon as those things start to happen and especially when it starts happening from the top that's when this all sorts starts to fold in like a house of cards and the whole thing collapses so that's big idea number three the whirlwind so there we go three big ideas from the book four disciplines of execution big idea number one there is no accountability big idea number two the four disciplines of execution and big idea number three the whirlwind As you can probably tell I love this book. I have already gifted or bought a couple of coffees to gift to clients that I have been working with recently because I think it's stuff like this that is going to make a huge huge difference to their organization and to what they are trying to achieve in their organization as well. There is some subtle nuance in it and there are sections at the back of the book around and in this updated example and in this updated version of the book, the two sections at the back of the book that I sort of more skimmed through, one of them is about if you're a leader of leaders. So how to apply this if you are not necessarily a frontline leader. And then the other one was if you are a leader of frontline teams. So there's some, yeah, that's where more there's lots of specific examples a bit of subtle nuance I found some of those a little bit harder to read as well because they went over sort of similar ideas and I was like hang on what's this saying and I found myself rereading those pages a few times but that said the the ideas are good but they're probably more ones to scan the first section of the book is where the real gold of the the method and the ideas is and if you use that then you'll be in a pretty good stead I reckon to put this into practice you could absolutely apply it just from that first section. So if you are seeing ideas or, or plans or strategies just die a sad death in your organisation because they never get done, or you have run a strategy session, a planning session with your team, you had to come up with some great ideas, and t- three months later, six months later, 12 months later, you pull out those plans and go, oh, we never actually did any of that, and you come up with the same plans all over again, this would be a really good addition to your leadership library and to read as a team, I reckon there we go if you've read this book I'd love to hear from you I'd love to know if you have put any of this into practice yourself or if your organization has I would yeah be really interested to hear that so you can contact me same places as usual you can find me on instagram at steph's biz bookshelf or on linkedin which is steph clark clark has got an e on the end and if you haven't already subscribed to the bookmark newsletter for my little twice monthly nuggets of bookish recommendations podcast listens stuff i think you should be reading listening to watching etc you can do that by clicking the link at the bottom of the show notes but otherwise until next time happy reading